Welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. I am Kia, and I'm here with me lovely host, Janae. What's up, guys? So if you have not noticed, this is a two-parter, a two-pack Oreo. Uh, Amari has some things she's handling, uh, so it's just going to be me and Janae. And also, young friends, this is the last episode of the season. Uh, I think the season started, like, what, January? About six months. Um, Putting out some great stuff for you guys. Hope you guys like the topics that we talked about. Um, I think there were some good topics that you guys can relate to. And we are going to take a nice summer break because we deserve it. And we're going to be playing some recap episodes uh, for you guys. And you'll still see stuff on our feed, on our socials, all that stuff. But, um, yeah, we're just going to take a small break. And then we'll be back, you know, once summer ends, end of September, start of the new season, start of the school season, all the seasons, uh, with some other good things. So just wanted to say that up top. But in the meantime, you can uh, talk to us in Discord uh, throughout the summer. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, chat with us there, putting out some good stuff there at SufficientlyBLK. And hopefully by this time, you guys tuned into our live with The Table is Ours, uh, Lifetime Podcast. We will be doing an Instagram live with them tomorrow, but by that time this comes out, it'll be yesterday. But hopefully you tuned in and hopefully it was good. Um, okay, Janae, anything you want to add to that little brief intro there? You hit the nail on the head. Love you guys. Hope you enjoy this episode. And we'll talk to you soon after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, this episode is about like life updates, so we're going to get into that. But I'm just going to give you one last This Week in Black History for the season. Uh, so This Week in Black History, June 14th, 1970, Cheryl Adrian Brown wins the Miss Iowa pageant and becomes the first African-American to compete in the Miss America beauty pageant. Then June 13th, 1990, Bernadette Locke becomes the first female on-court coach when she is named assistant coach of the University of Kentucky men's basketball team. Lastly, June 15th, 1968, Ellen Holly becomes the first African-American on daytime television as Carla on One Life to Live. And I just picked some quick facts because uh, it's all black women being awesome. And what better way to end the season with, you know, highlighting black women. So I hope you guys enjoyed that this week of black history. Hey. Yay. Um, so the next segment is Amari's, which actually I think we could, we have something for. Oh, we do. Is, we do. Things I found on the Internet. Um, so this week, you know, the Twitter streets were buzzing because Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan broke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were dating for like a year, a year and a half, a year. Yeah, something like that, a year. It's very interesting, the discourse around their relationship and breakup. I, you know, I feel like some people have been dragging Lori Harvey some people have been dragging Michael B. Jordan, people basically saying Lori Harvey for the streets, you can't put a ring on a, a hoe. And then other people saying about Michael B. Jordan that he likes white women and the entire relationship was a sham and it was a fake. I personally just want to stick to the facts. 
of Lori Harvey is 25 and Michael B. Jordan is like 35. So I don't know if this relationship was ever going to really work out. Mind you, there are lots of relationships with large age gaps, but from what I've heard, the relationship broke up because Michael B. Jordan wanted something more serious and Lori Harvey did not. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's there's a lot of... Okay, first of all, I know people were saying like this is... um. A PR relationship, which I agree, and I usually I don't agree with those things because I'm like, oh, whatever, we don't know anything. But I agree only because literally they would like post these date nights with like a full on photographer. Like you could see the photographer in the back, and it's like clearly these shots are like photographed on purpose. Um, so I'm like, okay, maybe this is. I don't know too much about Michael B. Jordan's dating history. I think he was like linked to Snow Allegra for a little bit, who's white. If I got that correct, um, I wouldn't be shocked if he was like, I want people to think I date black women. I wouldn't be shocked by that just because I automatically assume most of you guys do date white women off jump. Um, and I mean, Lori Harvey's really pretty, so it, it makes sense. Why wouldn't you like her? Um, but to the age thing, that's dumb. Like, if you if you're 35 you want someone to be serious and you're dating a 25 year old i just feel like that's kind of like what did you expect yeah like it could happen but like you're not the exception to the rule i don't and like why not just find a 35 year old woman then yeah i so i'd like to believe that their relationship is real i don't know the women that michael b jordan has dated in the past but I know that there have been times where I've been curious and have like Googled Michael B. Jordan's girlfriend and it's always him standing next to a white woman. So I don't know. I, I got those vibes from him. I would love to believe that their relationship is real and that Michael does love black women. I would I would love to believe that. The thing, the one thing about their relationship that makes me think that it could be fake is back to the age thing that if Michael B. Jordan was seriously dating for marriage, why isn't this a conversation that him and Lori Harvey had sooner? You know, because if, if you're 35 and you do want to get married, I would think that you were in a space to start off a relationship and saying, you know, what do you think of marriage? Kids are those things that you want to do soon. However, Michael B. Jordan is a human man, and I could see you being like this hot girl who everyone likes, likes me too. Why the fuck am I going to waste time asking questions about that stuff when we can talk about hot, sexy stuff? And that's maybe why they broke up. I feel like it would come up sooner, but I know people who have been dating for years and haven't discussed wanting kids and all that stuff. So, but to, but do you think those, do you think all those people are like, I don't want to say in the wrong, but don't you think all those things, people are kind of like Dumb. doing it backwards? Yes. Okay, I just wanted to say yes. that because I literally went to brunch and had this conversation where I talked about this with my partner and we're kind of like, are we crazy for bringing this shit up? But then it's like, wait, no, no. we're not because it's like we would just be wasting our time if we're not aligned. I'd rather know this now than I'm like three years deep. I'm 30. Yeah. I wasted my time when we could have brought this up off jump. And then we were kind of talking about with my friends like – in society, they want you to be, like, the chill girl. So, like, you can't bring up, like, a wedding or anything because, like, you got to be chill and you got to, like, get him to commit and all this stuff. But it's, like, no, actually, I'm, I'm crazy and I have anxiety and I'm going <laughs> to bring this shit up, like, off jump. Yeah. So. some so A big thing that I have been leaning into is the idea of if they wanted to, they would. Mm -hmm. 
So if me bringing up marriage and kids and a future together is going to turn you off when we're dating, then it's the way I us. chew, the way I look out the window. Yeah, like it wasn't for us to begin with. If you want to be with me, you will. If you don't, you're not going to want to. And you're going to find any little thing to end things. I think that's so, a great point. I too feel like it is really bizarre to be in a relationship and not have these conversations and I'm dating right now. I'm not in a relationship. And these are conversations that I like to have soon, too. I don't want to waste my time if you don't want kids. And I know I do. Yeah, all just um, to appeal like that you're chill. Like, honestly, it got to the point where I was like, yeah. I actually don't care if I chill. Because I'm not that I'm chill. But like in certain things, I'm not that chill, actually. When it comes and to my life, I'm not. You shouldn't be chill about. <laughs> yeah. You should not be chill about having kids. It, yeah. We're getting too old for it to just be like, ah. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. If it's something that you 100% know. That's that a deal want. breaker. If it's exactly, if you're still flimsy and on the fence about it, then whatever, you don't have to talk about it. But if this is something, you know, you want, it should be talked about. Um, so Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan, if that's the real reason, I don't get it. And I don't think I would be in that situation, but I just know a lot of people who have been or are in that situation where they're with someone a year more goes down the line and they start having serious conversations and it's like, oh, maybe not. Yeah, and then it's like, I get if you're like Lori Harvey's age or 25 and you don't really need to talk yeah. about that because, you know, I was, like, we were all, like, young 20s and, like, that shit didn't come up. But now that we're, like, kind of getting to that late 20 stage, it's like, wait, actually, I do need to be a little more, like, especially as women, you do need to be, like, more of a, like, if I, if I want to be fertile and, like, have a, you know, a late pregnancy, things like that unfortunately matter for us men it's a little mm-hmm. different which is why uh mike B. jordan could be 35 and be like oh i guess i'll you know settle down think about it um yeah but it's just like but i have seen a lot of things on twitter with like men who are just so fucking bitter that are like she's for the streets did you think she was gonna commit she fucked her dad and her son Da-da-da-da. i mean that honestly i'm not mad at Lori Harvey. i'm not what i'm no. not mad I'm not mad at Lori Harvey whatsoever. But from what I know, my general knowledge from someone who does not know her personally at all, she did fuck a son and his daddy. She did. And future. And I, I but, think but why are out you, here having fun. Yeah, she is. But like, why? Like, how they, like, men will always never make sense because they'll say shit like that. But if Lori Harvey even looked like one tenth your direction, my nigga, you guys would literally drop you would your. You would it. give yeah. her your wallet, all the fucking sixty dollars that you have in there, and you would drop down and risk it all. You would not even talk to your mama for Lori Harvey. Like, come, let's be real. So it's like they exactly. say all this shit, but it's like y'all do all this, but all of you would still date Kim Kardashian in a heartbeat, and you say all yeah. this can't wife a hoe, all this stuff, but then y'all are really to risk it all. You're really to pay yeah. for OnlyFans, all these things. <laughs> And then it's women are hoes, can't that. Which one is it? I literally can't keep up. You guys keep switching when it's like not in your favor. Now all of a sudden, Lori Harvey's a hoe, but like, yeah. you guys wish you could get someone that looked half as good as her. Come on. And then there are men like Future who go around and, and Nick Cannon who go around getting half the world pregnant. And I don't hear nearly as much smoke towards them. I don't. I don't hear. Didn't Nick Cannon just like admit you. this week that he's on his like ninth kid? Yeah, I think so. I think it was like literally took this like, week. Took like pictures with the baby moms and everything. Like, oh, we're so excited. We're mm-hmm. so happy. Which 
great, you're happy, you're welcoming a new life into this world, but it's I feel bad for those kids. Yeah. Because those nine kids won't know their daddy very well because they're all coming from different households. Yeah, and I think a lot that of... That sucks. It's sad because I feel like, especially in the black community, a lot of people are like, well, as long as you have a two parents, that's like... As long as you have two parents and as long as you have... um money that's it and i've it's a little sad because i hear people talk about that and i'm like you guys actually don't know what it's like to raise a kid and what it but the the fact that you think as long as you have money like as long as future pays his child support no like he needs a fucking dad to be there with him yeah and you cannot tell you cannot have a healthy relationship with nine children i'm sorry it's physically impossible that's like being like you have a healthy relationship with nine girlfriends you can't because you know how much one relationship takes and you want nine different healthy relationships. Like, it's physically, yeah. mentally, and emotionally impossible to be a good dad to nine different children in nine different households. And people are just mm-hmm. like, well, as long as he pays his child support, okay. Like, they're still getting the therapy. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. Um, but back to Lori and Michael. Will we ever know? No. And I think if Michael B. Jordan dates another white woman, then this was a stunt. If he, he dates another white woman, it's over. Dumb, this was a though. stunt. He can't, he can't be, be that, that dumb. dumb, but he might be. He might he, be. He, I would be really disappointed just in him in general, just for being that stupid. If he dates a, if he dates anything other than a black woman next, the entire world gonna be looking at him sideways as fuck. Yeah. I can, I can guarantee that. But anyway, should we dive into the rest of our life updates? Yeah, let's do it. Um, do you want to give life updates first, or should I? um you can give them basically people listening we just thought this would be a nice you know fun episode to wrap up the season talk about some pop culture talk about some life updates talk about some you know our journey and uh answer some listener questions and you know have a fun time uh so we basically want to talk about our current life updates which uh today you can go okay okay so i guess i'll start with work and then maybe go into love Maybe. Yeah, I'll do it that way. So work wise, I've just been so busy lately. If for those of you who don't know, I'm a newswriter for a company called Thrillist. Um, and I also host some of their podcasts and I host a show called Ride With Me, where I get to travel around the country talking to influencers and celebrities and going to the neighborhood that they love and just going to like their favorite spots in that neighborhood that they love. Um, So that has been a fantastic experience, but also a crazy one. It's, it's just been a lot of new things for me. Um, And it feels like, I, I don't know if you feel this way, Kia, but for kind of the first time in my career, I'm feeling so confident in my abilities. So like, like I remember being at my place of work before, Lice, we've said it before on this podcast, so whatever. But I remember being there before and just having this feeling of like, I'll never be good enough. Looking at other writers around me and just being in awe as to how they can spit out so many stories a day and just, just looking at them like, wow. And now I'm that bitch. Now I'm writing three, four stories a day, doing a podcast and doing a show on top of this podcast. And I'm like, 
I'm writing and I'm like, do, 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 do. I got this shit. What? I think that's like a testimony of like so many things. Like it's a testimony of like Mm -hmm. one, patience of like, you know, we just have to be patient with ourselves. But two, like everything will work out when it's supposed to be. Because I think like when we were at that job, we were like, I mean, I was 21. So when I first started and it was like crazy to me that people were like, 26 and living alone and like had all this income and I just thought that was light years away and I was like oh my god I'm never gonna get there like I'm gonna be like stuck here it's like nothing is working in my favor and then like 26 came and I was able to like afford to live alone and have all these things and I was like wow I just it it looks a little it looked hella bumpy not gonna lie but like I got there and it was just like a matter of time like it was like at the right time and I feel like that's like this this store like quote of like you know if you wanted to drive to California today from Jersey you know that you could get there right I don't know the route or the direction but like once I get in that car every step of the way like I'm still gonna get there I can't see the final destination but I'm gonna get there and it's kind of just like trusting like the timing of everything it was like I'm gonna get there it's just I don't know how it looks fucking very true bleak right now but I'm gonna get there and I feel like that's like a testimony of like early 20s versus like your later 20s Mm -hmm. I did some math uh me and a friend were on the phone and we were just reminiscing and going back through things I graduated from college when I was 21 and then I got my first job when I was 22 and never lived like you go to college right but that's not necessarily living on your own that's college it's like training wheels and to think that at 22 I had to deal with the amount of responsibility I had to deal with of you know having this completely new job in this industry this very aggressive industry And not knowing how to do this job and just struggling. And it was just crazy to me to think back at that because I didn't realize I was doing all of that at 22, 23. I didn't realize I was juggling all of that until me and a friend were talking about it. And I was like, no, I was 24 when I started at Vice. And I'm like, she was like, no, girl, you got that right after you graduated from college and you graduated from college when you were 21. And I'm like, I was young. Yeah. I was a baby. Yeah, that's a that's like a point. I never thought about it like that. It's like like you think about how you are not This is not finished cooking no, at it's 22. Not. It's not finished cooking. It's it's not finished it's crazy cooking until like 26. About. And now here I am at my big age of of 28 doing all these things. And I'm like, no freaking wonder why I was on the struggle bus. But even though I was struggling, like I still made it to this point successfully. And now I can do my job. And now I can feel like, oh, I can do this. This is okay. What's next? Yeah. I, I, you know, I feel the same way where it's like, and we were talking about how, like when we started this podcast, I was 24, I think. 20, 2019, so that was, like, what, three years ago? Yeah. Or was that four years ago? I can't even keep track. Wait. 
I can't. It's, it's like three years ago. So three years ago, yeah. May, May about about three years ago, May 2022 is when we started the podcast. Um, I think we were all in like assistant positions, poor. Uh, I had actually just got laid off at Vice, shocker. Then I started my other assistant job at True TV and I didn't negotiate uh, well. I was just happy to get a job. Um, so I was just doing that. And now three years later, it's like I got laid off from that. <laughs> but I made like a major switch of like, I was like, I'm not going to do assistant roles anymore. I'm not going to work for this amount of money anymore. And I had to be really diligent of like not even entertaining things that like were not worth my time. Like, and that's just straight up saying no, going through interview processes being told that like I'm too junior, I'm too like I don't have enough experience, all this stuff, and then kind of like I guess like just having faith of like picking the right thing, um, which I kind of knew when I got this job, and now it's like I feel like very confident, not super confident because it is my first like producing podcasting job, but it's like oh I actually f- I know like I'm really good at these things, like I'm really good at picking talent, I'm really good at like project manager I'm really good at like the work process and like there's other things I need to work on but it's like oh I do feel like super confident in my skills and like another thing is like boundaries where it's like mm. I mean I could talk about boundaries in my personal life love life whatever but with work I you when you're young you kind of just let people walk all over you and like I would let people treat me like shit because I was an assistant and like especially advice and then I stopped that shit real quick when I went to true tv and I was just like yeah, you're not you're not going to talk to me like I'm less than you simply because of title. Because I don't like when people like don't keep that same energy if you see me outside of work. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're not going to treat me less than simply because you have a bigger title than me. I just think that's like wild that that's like okay in society and I will never ever treat people because they have a lesser title. Like your title does not equivalent to your worth as a person. Like you need to treat janitors the same way you treat like CEOs. And I just think it's mm-hmm. gross that we live in a society that we can just like look down on people. Like the amount of ways, especially like working in like a media industry, like you know, like people are just fake as fuck and like will do whatever to get to the top. But the way people like have approached me now that they know I like I'm a supervising producer at iHeart are the same people that just, like, would ignore my emails as, like, an assistant at, like, True TV. But now it's, like, they want something. They want to know how to get a podcast on iHeart. They want to know how they can, like, get their client on iHeart. And it's, like, that's real funny because I I remember everything. Like, I remember yeah. every conversation that I have with people. So it's, like, it's really funny how people, like, approach you when you, like, come up and, like, you know, treat you with, like, a little more respect, which is nice to be treated with respect, but it's, like, oh, this isn't genuine. I don't really like how that feels. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I guess that's my career update. I don't really have another one. Yeah. I think the other half of my career update is that like, I'm also tired. Like I'm very tired. I'm exhausted. And I'm really starting to see that the farther along I get in my career, the more just stuff there is. Like in my life right now, I'm the busiest I've ever been. I It has never been so hard for me to schedule time just to hang out with friends. It's never in my life been so like, people are like, oh, can I come visit you? Or, oh, are you free this weekend? And I'm like, oh, uh, uh, like that's never, I've always been a busy gal because I'm realizing that I like having a lot on my plate, but 
I've never been this busy where my calendar looks hectic. I agree with the tired stuff. I was just talking to this, my friend. She thought it was because I'm on like a certain birth control. I might be tired, but I'm like, no, I'm tired. I mean, it might be, but I'm like, I just feel like drastically from like, I mean, I used to commute from like Jersey City to Brooklyn, work 930 Ow. to 630, used to Ow. go out almost every night after that. And do it for five days straight. I don't have the, I when I have to go to the office, I have to mentally prepare like for three days. I'm like, I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta go to the office, and it's I'm bugging. My office is like ten to six. I'm there. It's a normal work day, <laughs> but I'm just like mentally, I'm like, oh, I gotta prep to go to New York City. I'm tired all the time, and I'm just like, damn. And I, it's like right now is like busy for me because I'm working on like about five shows for iHeart plus the show plus I like sometimes freelance on the side, but. Um, I have to be like really diligent about like my time management because mm-hmm. I'm like now I also have to like think about someone else in the picture which is like oh I gotta think about you I gotta think about like alone time and then I have to think about like socially too and I'm trying to do better with like kind of capping some social things because usually I'm just like yeah. I say yes to everything and then I'm like one my bank account can't afford that and two, I don't have, like, the energy levels to just say yes all the time. But I don't want to be, like, a bad yeah. friend and be, like, no. Like, I don't want to just say no. But then it's just, like, it's, like, oh, I got to meet up with that person. I got to meet up with that person. And it's nice to know that people mm-hmm. want to meet up with you. But it's, like, I just, like, I can't do it. And I'm, like, I think I'm struggling a little bit of, like, how to juggle that where I'm, like, okay, say no. But, like, keep in the back of my mind that, you like, you do have to reach out because you don't want to be shitty. But you want time to yourself. It's, like, I don't know. I guess it's still, like, a journey I'm probably going to have to work on through the summer, to be honest. I'm struggling with that a lot, too. Because it's, like, you want to have a social life, right? You spend so much time working, especially as an American. Like, you're expected to be attached to your laptop or your job, whatever that might be five days a week, all day, right? If you work in a more conventional environment. And I get to the weekend and I want to hang out and I want to see people, but I find myself getting like a little bit frustrated when I look at my weekend and it's all other people. Janae, you were literally uh, speaking like what I've spoken. Like it makes me feel better that someone else feels this way, but I'm happy. I feel you. I literally like, and I'm sure my best friend is like, I, I'm sure I've bitched to her so many times. I'm trying to do better about bitching about the same things. Yeah. But I get, like, so annoyed because I'm, like, I have, like, I just told you about, I have three weddings. And then for the weddings, I have bridal showers. I have people's baby showers. I have, like, my mom's event that got pushed from COVID. And so every weekend I look and I'm, like, well, fuck, everything is, like, dedicated to someone else's yep. celebration, which is yep. nice. I'm happy for you. But I want Nikia time. And frankly... Like, frankly, during the week is not your time either. No, because, okay, you're too tired. You get done with work. You're too tired. Like, you get done with work. You get done with work at 5, 6 o'clock, what have you. And then literally all you want to do is eat food and not think about shit. That's all you want to do. Yep. I don't have time to, I don't feel like doing a face mask or scrubbing the dead feet off my, skin off my fucking feet or like catching up on the phone with someone. Like, I don't. That's, and that's not me time, you know? Me time is like just looking out the window, going for a walk, going shopping, treating myself, drinking some wine. Like, 
And the the problem that I've been having is that I'm becoming like a a getaway space for ever, for a lot of people in my life. Like a lot of my family and friends are like, oh, I'll come visit you in New York. Like, I want to come visit you. Like, I just need to get away for a weekend. And having my own place is, seems to be making that easier for Negroes. And it's so hard for me because just like with hanging out with friends, I automatically say yes, because these are my people. I want to see these people. I want to hang out with these people. I want to be the getaway space. But then it comes down to it and I look at my week and it's like thing after thing after thing. And my production schedules, they're not things that are planned out in advance. In, in advance. They're all based off of these influencers or celebrity schedule. So literally, I can think that my week is going to be free and flexible. And then a day or two before is like, this interview's happening now. And do you guys have production breaks? The show's almost over. Okay, so, so it might free. That's going to be my production break. And I ain't saying yes to shit else. Yeah. But like... It's like I look at my week and at first I thought it was going to be a clear week and then someone's coming on the weekend. So I'm like, cool. And then next thing you know, it's like a shoot, a podcast recording, work. Then I have to do fucking laundry because someone's coming to see me this weekend and I have to clean my apartment because someone's coming to see me this weekend. It's just, it's exhausting. And it's so hard I because- you. And you don't want to be like rude. Like you don't want to be yeah. like, oh. But then you also have to be like- like, I told my friend, and she was really nice about it, but she was, like, she's kind of, like, going through a breakup. So, like, immediately I kind of was just, like, okay, you, you need to just, like, see her. Um, she, like, needs you. So I, I did that. And then, you know, she has a little more free time. She wants to, like, see people. And then um, she wanted to hang out today. And then I was, like, okay, well, I'm going out to that concert tomorrow. I didn't get home till 4 a.m., I have brunch plans. I have to record this. I have to edit this. And I'm like, I just don't have the bandwidth to also go to dinner on top of that. So I was just like, yeah, I got to like, I don't know my energy levels. I was like, you got to check them with me on Sunday because I just don't know. And she was really receptive about it, which is nice. And I, the thing is, I don't know about if everyone will be receptive to that, which is kind of tricky because I know even with my sister, I'm like, I don't have the bandwidth to do this. And she'll like be sensitive about it. I'm like, okay, well, Uh, but it's just like. Sometimes I don't like sometimes with like certain friends. I'm like, you rely a little too much on me and I don't want to be rude Mm -hmm. and be like, you rely too much on me, but like you do. And I, I know you're really sensitive, but like, yeah. And it's like, like, how do you approach that with like people who are really sensitive where it's like, I don't, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, I, I'm, I'm not a therapist at the end of the day. I'm not a life coach. It's, it's really, really hard. And I feel like as you get older, it's either have like honest conversations with people or just find a way to navigate around it and don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like you do, I feel like as time goes, you're like, okay, this is someone who I can be honest with, who I can say, girl, it's not in my heart. And they will be like, totally understand. But there are other people that are just more fucking prickly and it's like... Yeah, And it, that can be frustrating, too, because it's like, I've known you for too fucking long. Just because I say, stop speaking right now, or I'm not texting anyone right now, or I don't want you to come over, or I don't want you to stay as long, that doesn't mean I don't like you or want to be around you. It means I'm fucking tired. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree. I guess that's something else I need to work on, of like just being more... But then you do, you do, like, sometimes I am honest, and then it, like, 
they don't take it the it right backfires. way. And you're like, well, now yeah. I'm even more drained from this fucking argument I'm having. And I'd rather, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like. Or like you feel guilty yeah. about it. And it's like, I don't want to seem like an asshole. I'm just busy and tired. Yeah. And That's I think it. people have like a negative connotation of like boundaries because it's like, I know, especially mm-hmm. with my family and like people like the joke is like, oh, Nakia's mean. She's, you know, independent, blah, 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 whatever. People have been saying it for so long that I generally don't care because it's like what do you want me to hate myself? Like, that's never going to happen. So um, I'm just like, no, I just like the alternative to me being at this location or being on this phone call is me being a bitch. There's no in between. (laughs) It's either I'm not there or I'm going to show up and I'm, and I know myself, like I know myself, don't talk to me before 9am. I'm going to be cranky. If I don't, if I'm tired after work, I don't want to talk to my mom because I'm going to be rude to her and I don't want to be rude to my mom. So my alternative is to ignore her phone call and be like, I will talk tomorrow. But then people get so sensitive where they're like, oh, she doesn't want to show up to this. She doesn't want to talk to me. She stays in her room all day. Da da da. But it's like the alternative is not getting a nice me. Like there's just, I just can't, I'm, I'm being straight up with you. I can show up. I can talk on the phone, but do you want that version of me? Like, I'm giving you a heads up. And then I feel like even when you do that, people are like, oh, she's a bitch. She is selfish. It's like, I don't, I can't please everyone. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. You can't please everyone. You really can't. I guess that's the moral of the story is that you have to look out for yourself. And I think we're learning that, that you have to kind of learn to say no to things and really ask yourself, what can I do? And if I agree to do this, will I be able, will I be happy or will I be able to do it well? And I think that's like the measure of all the things. And if you say no to someone, like, for instance, your friend wants to come over this weekend, you say no, it's not like they're never going to come over again. You know, like, it's like, this is just not the time. Like, can you check back in in a month? And I think we, I think people need to be more okay with that. Because it's like, no, I can't get dinner with you right now. And my schedule is really busy. But check back in with me in two months and then we can go from there. Yeah. Like, I think it just as a society, we need to be like, okay with that. Yeah. With boundaries. And I think it comes in feeling secure in your relationships, too. I think that's a big thing. Because I know for a fact that if it's a relationship where I feel very secure in, like a family member or a really close friend, and they just honestly tell me like, girl, I can't. I'll just be like, all right, cool. No skin off my back. I'll take my bra off and stay the hell home. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with um, like a lot. I think the more issue is like people not getting it on the other end. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying where if you're not secure in your relationship with someone, then you're probably not going to understand it. And you're going to start like spiraling about how the other people f- person feels and they just don't want to hang out with me. They just don't want to be around me. And I'm saying that comes from being insecure. Our next partner has a product that's great for improving gut health, increasing energy, and helping optimize the immune system. If you take pills or vitamins and want a supplement that actually tastes good, Athletic Greens may be for you. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Take it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five 
free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, you want to give us maybe some should... dating updates? Yeah. Well, Kia, maybe you should first. You go first. I don't have any updates, guys. I'm well, kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ho. Okay. <laughs> Just no. No. Okay. My update. Um. Yeah. You know, you heard our journey on this podcast in spring. I said I was going to be out there full force. I was full force in the spring. Uh. Then I was like, you know, trapped by Short King Spring. And now I have a Short King and it's official. So if I haven't told you in uh, in real life, this is the way you're going to find out, unfortunately. But uh, does he know that you call him a Short King or does he not know? I do. I do sometimes get a little height joke in there. Um, oh, okay. You know, sometimes you got to make sure they're like they know their place, you know. He's a cutie. He's five seven, so he's not that he's short. Not that but short. he's pretty short. But he's, he's a, short. He's a little hottie, so you know, he's a little hottie. So you gotta like humble him. So you know, um. But yeah, that was a journey too. I feel like you know, I won't tell you guys the, the long story, but um, I wanted to be more intentional about like my dating. I wanted to be, like have fun. I wanted to like be more introspective. I wanted to like place certain boundaries I wanted to make sure people had certain qualities and I feel like maybe if you would have asked me three years ago I would have just been like yeah I'm single because men suck which I still agree they do suck and that's the majority of the reason but after like you know listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that I was like oh there's things I could change like one I just was never dating it was just non-existent so I'm like well you know I could do it I could you know, actually be proactive would be one step. Two, I was never going on second dates. So I was like, you know, that's, you know, you could do that. And I did that last year for the first time and it did change my perspective on people and things. And so I was like, okay, I got to continue doing that. And then I had changed like this list that I wrote out about like what I wanted and so on. And I took out everything that had to do with like attractiveness and I took out everything that had to be with um, money because I know men just think like girls just want a hot guy with money. Blah, blah, blah. But I had I had known that once I listed all these things that the person was that person was already going to be attracted to me and that person was already going to like be established financially. So I really did focus on like these are the top qualities that I need like non-negotiable. These are the things and like I got to stick to this. So it, it was nice to see like how my maturity had grown over the years of like how I had readjusted these lists and like had shifted my mindset on what was important um and like another big thing that was a a huge test was like I had realized that I was always picking the person I was like it was like super sparks in the beginning and just like super intense all the time and I was always like drawn to like the prom date but I was always looking for like that partner and I had realized like oh maybe I'm like you know not picking the partner I'm not picking the the long-term parking and picking someone who's like a great time, but like, that's not sustainable. Um, and so I had always like kept these lessons in the back of my mind, like, you know, and then when I met uh, my boyfriend now, he had kind of like, there were certain instances that where he like checked off like these major, major like traits that I wanted. And so it was like, 
yeah, he's not, you know, he's not 6'5", but he had all these other great qualities that were most, more so compatible, which is what I wanted someone who was compatible. Because on our first date, I was like, this man doesn't know what insecure is. He, like, doesn't really listen to podcasts. I'm like, oh, I don't know. We don't, we, we don't have a lot in common, but, like, um, we have a lot in common of, like, what we, like, our goals and our values and what we like to do and stuff, which was, like, more important to me than okay, he doesn't know when to care. Like, that's not a deal breaker. I can show him that. Um, but, yeah, that's, like, the short story. And, yeah, hopefully he doesn't fuck up. I don't think he will. Uh, but, yeah, it's been going well. And it's been – I had to do a lot of journaling of, like, being five years single to not being single, which is a lifestyle change for me. But um, I'm still working on it, but it's it's getting there. Kia's in love. I didn't say all that. Now let's let's. Kia's in love. Let's stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I said you can ask me any questions, so I gave you the long story. Yeah, you gave me you you gave some good detail. I don't necessarily know if I have any questions. I guess. I still need to meet him. Me too, yeah. I still need to interview him. I still need to to talk to him to get his vibes and everything. But yeah. I mean, do you feel any different now that you're in a relationship? Um, it was a lot of like just a mental thing for me, like just being like, Oh, you need to like uh like think about this person, which I haven't had to think about anyone for like years. Um, but just being like mindful of like, okay, so he likes to, he wants to make sure we see each other at least once during the week and then like some time on the weekend. So it's like, okay, I need to like block off one day for him, like, you know, at this moment, or I need to like work out with his schedule. Um, cause we live like, we don't live the closest and also his work schedule is a little off. So it's like, I got to make a conscious effort of that. Um, but because we were kind of like in this relationship kind of mode for like so many months now it's been like i feel like already three months where we've been in this mode um one month officially but um it's nice to be like very like reassured by this person and like someone who Mm -hmm. like listens like okay these are my like you know i'm anxious about x y and z and then for someone to be like okay let me like you know leave that pressure off of you is nice because I honestly it was getting to the point where I was like I might have to call my (laughs) ex-boyfriend like I was like I don't know if it's ever gonna get good again it's just it's looking a little bleak I don't know um and I was like damn does no one have this quality that like my ex-boyfriend had because like we didn't work out but like he was the one thing that I always loved like he was always reassuring and he was always like made me feel like very special and like unique and, and I safe. yeah and I I had thought because I was so young that like every guy was gonna do that because I'm great so I was like I'm great everyone's gonna like you know see I'm great everyone's gonna like reassure me everyone's gonna like hype me up like I'm the baddest bitch until you meet men and they're terrible so I was going through things where people were like you know causing an anxious attachment style basically Mm -hmm. like letting you know that you're an option like one guy even just told me i was an 8.5 like just like shit like shitting on you where you're like wait hold on these i actually feel really shitty and like no one's even coming close to making me feel reassured 
So I was getting yeah. to the point where I was like, is that just never going to happen again? Is that just a one and done? Like for a moment, I really did think that. Yeah. It's so funny because I know that you guys had this earlier situation, which you can cut it if you don't want me to bring this up, Kia. No, you can bring it but up. I know earlier in y'all's relationship, like after you guys went on some dates and like he didn't text you back, like he wasn't being a good texter and you were talking about how that that makes you anxious. Like, and you were like, I don't know if I should talk to him. Like, should I bring it up to him? And, you know, I'm going off of my own experience of like, I have not dated men that have reassured me and made me feel like my worries and fears were natural and human. They all made me seem like I was OD for worrying about things. Um, so I'm kind of like, girl, I don't know. You should bring that. I don't know. I don't know. And you brought it up and you guys had like a good conversation and he worked on it and changed. And like, that's what you want. You want someone who makes you feel the same way a friend would feel. But the bonus is you get to like cuddle and have sex and stuff. Yeah, I. that's so funny because I actually bring that situation up to him a lot of times because I'm like, I just want you to see like this process of like how we got here. But it was so funny because I was just like texting everyone in my life and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Everyone's giving me different things. Call him, text him, don't talk to him, all stuff, all stuff. And I was just like getting anxiety. <laughs> I was literally going through it. And You were. I think Amari and I gave you two you different did. answers. And two of my other friends <laughs> said other things and I was like, oh my God. Um, I was just like going through it the whole day. And then something in the back of my head, what pushed me to do it is like something in the back of my head said like, he's going to be receptive to this and it's going to go in your favor. Like something just like in my the back of my head, That's that was what. So I chose to do that. I chose to like be honest with my feelings. And usually like men would, I just knew like, any other guy would gaslight me and be like, I don't have to fucking text you, bitch. We're not dating. Like, how many men have said that? I don't have to do this. We're not dating. Kind of throw it in your face, make you feel shit like shit. And I was so used to that for like literally five years of people doing that. And I was just like, you know what? If he's not my person, then he's going to be shitty. But if he is my person, he'll be receptive to this. And he was super receptive, actually more receptive than I ever would have imagined. And that was kind of like the catalyst of like us going in like the more serious direction. But um, I'm just happy that I like stuck to the, like, the things that it's like, no, wait, I don't deserve to like feel like I'm an 8.5. Like, I don't, that's shitty. Like, I don't, I don't deserve that. I deserve someone to like listen to me and be like, you know what? I like you. If this is what it takes to be like reassured by you, then I'm gonna do this. And it's sad that that's like not common. It makes me like so sad that like women are just used to like being gaslit and like yeah automatic where our response is he's gonna leave us he's gonna yeah think I'm fucking crazy because I want to you know I just want to text back like <laughs> yeah and it's insane that that's like your knee jerk reaction of if I express any type of anything that's not in the realm of cool girl you're like it's done I'm fucked. This is going to be over quicker than you could whistle Mississippi. I don't know. Like it's a terrible, terrible feeling. And it really is eye opening when you get a little older and you sit back and realize like, this is not the way things should be. It's the way that they are, but it's not the way things should be. And like you said, anyone who really likes you is that's not going to scare them away. Just like with your friends. 
your friends are going to understand. Your friends are going to be like, oh, okay. Like, I can do that for you. Yeah, I, I so, agree. Yeah. yeah, hope you guys like that journey. I like to be also very transparent of, like, anything, especially with career, like, love life, because I feel like people just see things on, like, Instagram or, like, LinkedIn, and it's like, she just did this. And it's like, no, actually – my life is fucking tumultuous in a lot of ways. And I just want to be open about that because I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, it all started off like rainbows and butterflies. And that's because that's not true. And I don't want people to like think that that's like that's a normal path of just like a linear path. Like, no, there's some bumps like there's yeah. some some catalyst to like get over those humps. Like, I just want to be always transparent about that because I just don't want people to feel like they need like this linear path and I just met someone and it just all worked out like no that's not even that's not even the case it's not always that easy or simple it's really not yeah um I guess I can talk about my love yes so I've had a lot so many like eye-opening realizations and moments and I think two two of them that I'll share and it might end up being more than two. But anyway, one of them being that being single right now is a good thing and it's not a bad thing. I think I've spent so much of my life feeling not good enough because I didn't have a relationship or that kind of like traditional relationship. So I just felt like I sucked and I felt like there are so many boxes in my life that I've checked, but this relationship box has always eluded me. So therefore I've always gone after it. And now I'm starting to see that I need to get to know myself better and I still have some healing to do. Um, so the first realization is that I don't necessarily need to be in a relationship until it works for me. And the second realization is that I still have some healing to do and figuring out things know if you've ever gone through this Kia but you're upset you're hurt about something but you tell yourself not to dwell on it and not to be upset and to move on right do you ever do that like you're like Um, it's not that big of a deal yeah it depends on the on the thing like if it's really bothering me to like the point where I like can't think about anything else I'll like try to adjust it I think like I try to journal and as like cliche as that sound it does help like it does help with clarity at least for me um and then I also try to just like for me I realize that sometimes I'll like jump to conclusions I'll like have like a sensitive reaction where like if someone cancels on me like usually I'd be like fuck that you have no regard for my time da 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 but then it's like wait we don't know what's happening like I always say like you don't know what you don't know so I'm like I don't know you know what the situation has gone on so I try to have a little more grace but it's natural to be like mad about things so like I also, yeah. you also got to tell yourself, like, wait, I'm human, and it's okay to get mad or jealous or, like, mean sometimes. That's, like, human nature. Yeah. Well, my, my point in asking that is that I've mentioned it on this podcast 91 billion thousand times, is that, you know, I was in a really, really long relationship during some of my most formative years. And for a really long time, I've been, like, move on, like, whatever. Like it doesn't, it is what it is. It was what it was, whatever. And I'm realizing now that I haven't given myself, I've always thought that I was okay. And I've always thought that I was 
completely ready to be with someone else because this relationship wasn't fulfilling in so many ways. But I'm realizing that I've built up a lot of walls because of that and that I still have and, and some avoidant attachment too and that I still have a lot of that to work through. And I think the only way to get through it is to have more experiences really and, and put myself out there more and, and, and push myself to express my feelings and not push them under the rug and not focus on other people more than I focus on myself. I'm seeing that I have walls and stuff. And that I, in order to find the man for me, I need to push myself to work on them. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's been a hard realization. That's a great it's been a hard realization because I'm like, I'm open. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm constantly like, woo, whatever. But then I realize that I get into these situations with men and a lot of my reactions are to shut down or to run from things or to chase after dynamics that I can automatically see are not very healthy for me. And I know, I recognize that I do those things now. Yeah. I think the first, I think that's like, that's such like a further step than most people though. Like, Mm -hmm. which is great. Um, not to compare journeys, but, like, you, you just see there's so many people out here living, like, basic ass lives, like, are not interested. <laughs> they are, though. Like, they're not really introspective. Yeah. They don't really grow as people. And, like, I, I'm never going to, like, shit on someone for, like, having a, you know, whatever journey. But I think, like, I think we owe it to ourselves as, like, people and, like, as people of a society and as, like, a daughter, as a friend, as someone to, like, want to better yourself so it really does make me mad when people aren't introspective because i'm like you know how much fucking it makes me work? so mad <laughs> yeah i'm just like do you know how much it makes me so mad work i've done like i mean granted maybe i was just like a fucking nutcase and i had to do more work than the average person but like no it was really fucking hard i just told you that whole journey of how every year of being single i had to learn some goddamn lesson because the whole time i was just like it's not me it's them but like it's like <laughs> hard it's like but i'm like so happy that i like did that because it's like yeah you know, I could have just been, like, settled, and I could have just, like, dated whoever, and I could have just been, like, you know, one of those people that are with people for three years, and they don't know if their partner wants kids or not. Like, I could have done that. I could have easily taken that route, but, like, I chose to, like, be introspective and, like, I don't know. I think it's always going to work in your favor, to be honest. Yeah, and I I look at this time in my life, and I really am, like, this is an amazing time for me. Like I'm fully tapping into my female powers. I'm fully like, I'm that bitch. You know what I mean? For anyone who knows me, you know, I always say stuff like this, but I don't be believing it. 80% of the time, I don't be believing it. I really don't. I'm, I'm, I am team fake it till you goddamn make it, honey. I am team. Yes. But I am really... I I just always have felt like by the time I'm 30, I want to be like a goddess. And I'm not saying like a goddess in a figurative sense. No, I mean a literal sense. And I feel like I'm really powering up to get there. I'm powering, I'm, ah, I'm powering up. And soon 
I will be there. And I'm having fun along the way and, and figuring out things about myself along the way. So, mm -hmm. oh no, it, it really, really is. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I was going to say something, but like I lost my train of thought. So, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Side note, this is why I don't understand when people talk like have huge dating age gaps, like even Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan. It's a 10 year age gap. And I'm just kind of like Janae at 25 was really fucking different than Janae at 28. And I don't know. I think Janae at 35 is going to be a thousand years ahead of Janae at 28. So I'm like, I don't get it. But that's that's just a side note of like. It's real though. When you sit here and like take so much time to work on yourself and figure out who you want to be and what you want, the difference is insane. I feel like Janae at ages 21 and 22 was a mess. 23 to 25, oh girl. There's some hard freaking lessons, hard lessons between 23 and 25. And then 26 and 27, she was getting harder. She was getting hard. She was being forged, forged in the fire. Now 28 is like, can't touch this. Doom, 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 doom. Yeah, I, I deserve, and I have been thinking a lot, uh, something that I've been talking to my therapist about lately, because I'm uh, like dating right now. So of course, dating comes with seeing people, whatever, and talking to my therapist about some of those people and kind of seeing some of my patterns in the people that I'm dating now and realizing that like, oh, this is similar to this. I, I have a tendency to date people who will prioritize themselves. And I like prioritizing other people because that means I don't have to focus on my own shit. You know, like 
seeing that and being aware of that and being like, uh, new pattern, not a new pattern, very old pattern that now I have to be aware of and try to break and, and really just thinking about, I want to be with someone who makes me feel secure. And I want to be with someone who I can talk to and I can say, hey, our situation, okay? And then we can we can move on. Um, but recently, there was a guy who I was talking to for a little while, and he sent me this long message about how he thinks I'm really cool and, and would love to, to take me out sometime. And that got me hella, hella juiced, hella excited. But as I've been saying on this episode, my schedule's very hectic. So we had said we were going to go out and then I had to move some stuff around. And then it ended up coming down to the day that we had talked about hanging out. And I was basically like, okay, like I can do it today. And then he just didn't text me back like hours, like all day we're talking and then came at me at the end of the day at like five o'clock. Like, yeah, I can go out today. So I felt a lot of struggle within myself because it was this kind of scarcity mindset of, I really want to say no to this because he has not been consistent. He has not been, you know, clearly thinking about or valuing my time. But the scarcity mindset comes in of, if I say no, he might not want to see me again. He might never follow up. We might never talk again. And this could be the love of your life that you're missing out on. And kind of like that old mindset of Janae, like chase after him, chase after him, chase after him, make him see how great and cool you are. And then he'll not want to go anywhere. But then the Janae that has been working on herself and growing, being like, hold on, this is not something that you want to do. And if he doesn't like you changing around the schedule because you're busy and he's not willing to accommodate that at all, then he's not the guy for you. The guy that you want to be with wouldn't do that, you know, and just having that, just having that kind of home base of like, this is what you want. And if he's not in it, then he's not the guy for you. So thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I feel like I was, I was like blabbering, yammering on, but that's, that's the point. Yeah. And there was another guy that I met, I went out on Friday and I met this guy, but I don't think much is going to come of it. You give me your opinion, Kia. You give me your opinion. So I'm out me and my friend decided to like get dressed up and just go sit somewhere to try to hit on men. So we're out. I see this guy, we make eyes and I'm like, okay, two drinks later, me and Katie are leaving the bar. We get on that. We're waiting for the elevator and this same guy, he's got a guitar slung over his back and he's like, staring at me. So two drinks, Janae is like, gotten in, we're both waiting for the elevator. <laughs> so I look at him and I'm like, is that guitar heavy? I didn't say it like that. I said it in a much smoother way, but I had to fig I had to figure out something. I'm like, oh, this is, is that guitar heavy? Wow. So then uh, we start talking, what have you. He tells me how pretty I am. 
blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, where are you guys going tonight? Because it was pretty early at this point. It was like 10 o'clock. And he was like, where are you guys going tonight? And we told him we were going to hop around a few different locations. He asked for my Instagram. He did not ask for Katie's Instagram. We followed each other and he messaged me immediately. I did not open the message, but he messaged me immediately. Asked, basically saying, like, I'd love to hang out with you. Like, where are you guys headed tonight? So I'm like, it's love. It's love. But Katie is like, don't message him back right away. Like, you're doing things. And also, it might be weird if we get to a bar and the bar's vibes are weird. You're going to have to worry about entertaining him. and try You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. So I was like, girl, you're right. She and I have an amazing night together, hanging out. And then when I'm on my way home, which I should have waited till the next morning, but when I was on my way home, I basically messaged him saying like, hey, bar hopping was not, the vibes weren't right. Sorry, messaging you late, but you know, it was great to meet you. And then he just liked the message. And I'm like, And you know, if he's salty, then he's not the guy for me. Yes. Because we told, we were leaving the place and he was like, oh, where are you guys headed to? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I'm of one of two mindsets of like, either he really just wanted to hang out with two pretty girls for the night and I didn't message him back. So whatever, the night was the night and that's it. Or he's like just playing it cool and he'll talk to me, he'll hit me up later. But as the days pass, I'm kind of like, ah, he just wants to hang out with two pretty girls for the night. And that was it, that was it. So we'll see. But I mean, it was nice to flex my lady muscles and successfully hit on someone. And that was nice, that was nice. Um, We went to this like rooftop bar at a hotel called like Sun Bar or something like that. It was lots of old people and girls. There wasn't really much happening there. And that's why we were like, oh, let's go somewhere else. And then from there, we were like, oh, let's go to Sola's. But Sola's was all 24 year olds. So we were like, oh, no. And we just ended up like walking around and talking and hopping into different places that we saw in the West Village. And all of their vibes were not on Friday. Oh, okay. We're getting off topic. But basically, we ended up in Cat's Delicatessen Girl. We ended up at Cat's. Really? I have. That was my first time eating the meat there, but it was good. I mean, it's full for days, but.
Yeah, there's always so many things in New York to do. Okay, so the summer is coming up. So we just want to talk about like our plans for the summer. I don't know if you guys are on TikTok. I don't know if you guys pay attention to the Tiki and the Taki, but for those of you who don't know, it's Hoochie Daddy summer season, um, which for any men listening, it's time for you to wear short shorts. I'm talking mid-thigh. I don't want to see no like shorts skimming your kneecap, narbites. I need to see them thighs out. Tight shirts, maybe even crop tops if you're feeling juicy. Okay, it's Hoochie Daddy Summer, and I want to be there. And for Hoochie Daddy Summer, I plan on when I'm out and about, just shooting my shot more and being more debaucherous with my language. If I see a man in some Hoochie shorts, best believe I'm screaming across the street, Hoochie Daddy, where you going? Those are my plans. Those are my plans. I'm just going to act like a dude. I'm going to act like a guy this summer. I'm going to act like a guy. I'm going to act like a guy. Mm. He's wearing little short shorts. Good job, Kia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's Yes. I I feel the same exact way. I I'm loving the stuff that I'm doing right now, but the stuff that I'm doing right now is about to end. And this summer I wanted to be like, "Hey, let's go out tonight." Boom. Fire ass outfit, I'm there. Let's go to brunch. Let's go to a picnic. Like I'm trying to be like, "Let's go to this concert." I don't want to adhere to a schedule. I want to wear a bra less, wear cuter outfits, face on point, and to be that bitch. Like that's that's what I want. That's what I'm feeling. I want cute men. And I I was giving in to short King Spring. I was. I was like, it's time for me to find a short daddy. I didn't find a short king. I found some tall kings. And now I think that this is just set in stone for me that I'm not meant to date someone shorter. I really do. I was like, oh, short kings come my way. Short kings, it's okay. I give up. I give up. I give up. And then like six, five, six, four guys were just like popping out the woodwork. So I think it's possible for me to find my tall man. Thank you, Kia. Kia, what the fuck would you do with a guy who's 6'5"? You literally, you literally 
would develop neck problems. <laughs> like, I don't get, I don't get when I see a short girl with a really tall man. Like, it makes no sense to me. Of course, it's never on purpose. But my tall ass, I don't be seeing people. I really don't. I be looking over heads like, yeah. And then my friends be like, today down here. And I'm like, oh, hi. The short kings love me. <laughs> Listen, scroll through my hinge. Scroll through my hinge. And it's like 5'8", five, 5'7". Five nine, they're like, you so beautiful. And I'm like, listen, I listen, I want to feel tiny. I want to feel petite. I want to feel dainty. I want to feel like I could be whisked away. Like, oh, mm, six five will do that to you. I feel mad little. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, I think 6465 is what I want. 63 is fine. 62 is fine. 61 6 foot. We can do it. Like like 6 foot and 61 is fine. Don't get me wrong. Like they're doing whatever. But like Come on now. I'm okay. I can make an exception for six foot and six one. I really can. I just, yeah, if you're below six foot, I'd rather not. Rather not. It's over. It's Hoochie Daddy summer. And yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we do have a submission for Dash Sheets. Should we jump into it? Mm hmm. My cousins are in a bit of a fight right now and I feel like I'm in the middle. Let's just call them cousin A and cousin B. Cousin A is getting married and has been planning the wedding for months. Cousin B, who is invited, has been dating a guy for not that long but got pregnant by him. Cousin B does not have a plus one, so she asked Cousin A if she could bring her man to the wedding. Cousin B also offered to pay his way. Cousin A, even after someone dropped out of the wedding, um, only wants Cousin B to bring her plus one if Cousin B agrees to pay, which Cousin B thinks is dumb now, knowing that someone dropped out of the wedding. Now, Cousin B doesn't want to go to the wedding. How do I mend this relationship? All right, so this is a tough situation. I mean, me and Kia were briefly talking about this. Like weddings are expensive and they're hard. Very expensive, very hard. Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't put myself in the situation of the bride, which is cousin A. But at the same time, if someone dropped out of my wedding and I knew you wanted to bring a plus one and you had talked to me about it, then like it's no skin off my back. They can just fill that person's place, right? Like it, I feel like it should be that easy. But once again, I've never been married and I don't know how these things work. 
but I feel like it should be that simple. So I kind of feel like cousin A is bugging a little bit. Um, but also this is between them. It's not your problem. So they'll figure it out eventually. But yeah. I also do have some questions. I think a little bit more context is needed here, but with the whole going to the wedding alone, right? I agree with you, but they're cousins, meaning your family's going to be there too. So will being at the wedding alone be that big of a deal? Like I would understand if this was like, if this was like a friend from college and y'alls don't have any mutual friends anymore and you don't know anyone going to this wedding, I see how that would be like a, I'm spending money to get to this wedding, I spent money on a present, and now I'm about to spend how many hours completely solo? You know what I mean? If that was the case, frankly, I would send you a really nice gift and a really nice note and I wouldn't come if that was gonna be the case. But because you guys are family members, you won't be alone at this wedding. You guys are cousins. So like, y'all will have a lot of mutual friends and it is kind of like, do you need your man there? When you're going to be surrounded by family, I understand you're pregnant, but like, act like you can't go nowhere alone pregnant. Women have been doing it for centuries. So, and it's one night. So I'm very, I'm very split on this. I'm very split. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like we're family. I'm going to know all my aunties and uncles are going to be there. I can go one night without him being there. To me, it, it feels like this is more so about the fact that you wanted him to come to this wedding and you offered to pay and your cousin was like, no. And then someone dropped out and now you're like, oh, kind of holding on to the fact that she's still saying no or he you have to pay. It feels more so about that. Yeah, and that, and that's shady of the bride to be so ironclad on this although there's space. I feel like y'all got some deeper issues to work out and talk through and that this is a power struggle. 
Yeah, I feel like this is a power struggle that started long before this wedding. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, that's it for the shits. If you ain't got nothing else to add. See you next season. Bye.